Hello and welcome to In the Past Garage Rock Podcast, the show where we discuss garage rock gems and the bands who cover them. I'm your play-by-play announcer, Weldon Gardner-Hunter, and with me, as always, is my color commentator, Eric the Stupidity Komernicki. Weldon, I went to a party the other night, and all the ladies were treating me right, but all of a sudden I began to change. I was on the dance floor, quacked strange. Hmm. I think getting you on the dance floor is usually a hard thing to do, except I think you've been listening to a lot of this week's songs, and now I understand completely, and also why your nose is getting a little bit bigger, too. So, but I want to start off with something a little bit more cryptic than usual. So, Eric, an Egyptian coffin text discovered by some archaeologists many years ago has this inscribed on it. Waterfowl shall come to you in their thousands. And clearly what that ancient seer predicted is the craze that we're discussing in this week's episode, which is songs from the 1960s about the dance called the duck. We have four songs all about doing the duck. Let's get started with the very first one. And that is The Duck by Jackie Lee from 1965. That was Jackie Lee from 1965 with his song, The Duck. Eric, why don't you get us started talking about this track? So this song was some kind of a hit, you know, 
without with with a classic YouTube comment research, uh, F F R D J R for for DJer two fifty two says big hit in NYC on WMCA peaked at number three in January sixty six, but Raymond Malkui Malkuit says this song went to number fourteen on the Billboard Hot one hundred chart in nineteen sixty six. Uh, I, I see the song as released in 1965, but again, this one, this one here is saying that it was in January 66 that it hit. So that seems like that could line up. This song was released on Mirwood Records. Quick blurb about Mirwood Records. An American record label founded by former VJ executive Randy Wood in Los Angeles in 65, sister label to Mira Records, primarily released rhythm and blues and jazz recordings but has been described as among the definitive Northern Soul labels. Now, I'm not much of a Northern Soul expert, but this is a Northern Soul song. Correct me if I'm wrong, Weldon. I think all the songs we're doing Hmm. on this episode are Northern Soul songs. Yeah. Uh, Is there a connection between the Ducks specifically in Northern Soul? No, I think let's maybe like for a, a podcast on 60s music, I just realized I'm like, hey, how would I define Northern Soul? I would define it as a movement in England in the 1970s uh, where British people were listening to Motown style uh, American soul music that usually had a particular specific sound and yeah. so a specific beat. So that do, 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 that is a Northern Soul. So Northern Soul is basically kind of, a an adoption of British uh, audiences and dancing and going to discotheques, Wigan Casino and places like that, and dancing to songs specifically like this. So I think if it's just a danceable song that sounds like this, I mean, maybe they actually do the duck to it, possibly. Well, it's noted in this uh, description of Mirwood Records here where they say many of the records were written and produced by Fred Smith, who did uh, who did co-write this with the singer Jackie Lee. So, and Fred Smith is also one of the writers of another song near and dear to our hearts, The Holly Gully. Oh. And Fred Smith left the entertainment business in 1975 after becoming disillusioned with it. Something sure to happen to your intrepid hosts, Weldon Gardner Hunter <laughs> and Eric Homernicki. Any any day now, we are becoming more and more disillusioned by the day. Uh now there is a little definition of the kind of music they were making. It doesn't say specifically that this is Northern Soul, but it does say they were a Northern Soul label. It says, honed a distinctive style all their own, creating soul music both relentlessly energetic and sweetly sophisticated, topped off by trademark vibes that evoke the otherworldly beauty of a Pacific <clears throat> Ocean sunset. So I could see how that could fit in with Do the Duck here, where this is a relentlessly energetic song, but also sweetly sophisticated. This is a, it's a, it's a nuanced arrangement it's a, it's a really it's a really nicely recorded track and nicely performed track uh and this was probably the the main the main hit on mirwood records i think but you know i don't know so um before we get back and bring weldon in a little bit um we do have like a, a really cool song a, a really well arranged song and it starts out with a nice intro like it's sort of like a little composition and it's got these sounds at the beginning, like these diddle that mm-hmm. I don't think they, they evoke something for me, like either the sort of nose twitch of the witch in Bewitched or the waddle of a duck, I think. That's like exactly what I was thinking. of a duck. Mm-hmm. 
so what else about the intro, Weldon? Well, I was I actually have in my uh, notes that the first thing I noticed about the song is it's a Motown sound intro. Mm-hmm. That's just my you know shorthand Motown sound intro, which I guess means sounds like Motown. Do 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 do. So that's a surefire way to get a hit in the mid '60s. Is oh, I know. Let's just make that sound that the oh, intro to a Motown song, and then I call it a five note theme because. I uh, inspired by your foray into uh, compositional procedure. That's off pod a conversation that we have. I realized that in the classical music world, they talk about musical themes. And I, of course, as a teacher at uh, St. Swithin's school for uh, confused rich kids, I often talk about literary themes mean being main ideas in stories. And so a theme in a piece of music or in a composition would be kind of a main idea that, and usually means it gets developed throughout uh, so Beethoven would dun 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 dun. So wait, that's a one two three. That's a four note theme. Well, Jackie Lee and his arrangers have now done Beethoven one step better because they've made a five note theme, and they didn't bother developing it because why would you develop the theme that's doodle doodle doo, which is what you got there. And I agree. To me, it's the sound. It's played on something like a xylophone and a vibraphone or a vibraphone. This might then create a potential melodica slash harmonica argument. Well, but it's some sort of uh, percussion sounding instrument. Let me pipe in here, Weldon. It always bothers me when I listen to these songs and I can't tell whether something is a glockenspiel or a marimba or a xylophone or a vibraphone because I am a co-host on a garage rock podcast. I am the guy who needs to know that kind of thing. And it's hard to go to find anywhere on the internet and say, on Jackie Lee's The Duck, what type of idiophone is being used <laughs> For some reason, people just don't write a blog post about that. Hard to find in the YouTube comments. So I took it upon myself. I watched a 25-minute video comparing (laughs) the different idiophones, the glockenspiel, the marimba, the xylophone, and the vibraphone. And I compared each one to the sound of the the, uh, percussion thing that's in Do the Duck. It is my opinion that what we're hearing is a vibraphone, and mm. I won't go into too much detail, even though I know astronauts would love to hear me go into great detail about this. Uh, but the vibraphone, you know, the glockenspiel is almost a little bit too tingy, like a little too high. This one has a little bit more beef to it, but the marimba and the xylophone, they have wooden keys on them, so they don't ring quite as much and they don't sustain as much. Uh, I feel like there's a little bit of a metallic sound to these ones and they ring a bit more and they have some sustain. So uh, I feel like it's my opinion that this is a vibraphone, though I certainly couldn't, I wouldn't stake my life on it, you know. Well, it's good to know because now I can imagine now the future Quora question where someone asks, what is that sound on? What is that five note theme played on in uh, Jackie Lee's The Duck, which can be the duck parts one and two or just the duck. There's various versions there. And now someone will say, well, according to Eric Komernicki on the episode, whatever one this becomes after we record it, they'll explain now that the theory, the going theory is in the academic world that this is a vibraphone, but it's also making sure that we understand that this is an important part of this song is that theme because it then gets transferred to the horn. The horns are playing that theme, but that theme is the duck to me. It is representing the duck. So this would be an example of like classical music where they call it program music, where it represents something in nature or some sort of story. 
this is the sound of the duck walking or doing some sort of action. It's very duck-like, and I think it's really good that you compare it to Elizabeth Montgomery's Nose Twitch and Bewitched. The kind of thing on a Garage Rock podcast, Elizabeth Montgomery has to be mentioned eventually, <laughs> and it looks like somewhere near episode 50 we've finally done it, so it's cause for celebration. But remember that that little theme there is maybe the wignature of this song. Well, then I think you're right. I think this may be a wignature. And now there are covers of Do the Duck. So I'd be interested to go and listen to them and see if they have the wignature. Now, a wignature isn't necessarily reproduced in every cover. It's just something that should be reproduced in every cover. And I think we agree that this uh, should be reproduced in, in all the covers. Then when Jackie Lee comes in, sorry. So next Jackie Lee comes in, the singer. And Jackie Lee says, now there's a new dance. And right away, you're like, oh, what's that? And then he says, this is sort of like uh, with our podcast where we act like no one knows what songs are being played, <laughs> but they could just go to the descripto and read. So Jackie mm-hmm. Lee's like, that's like, well, the song's called Do the Duck. Someone could probably figure what the new dance is. But he says, now there's a new dance. It goes like this. Then he says, I know what you're thinking, babe. And what I was thinking at that moment in the song, I thought, well, he must be talking about the jerk. He's got to be talking about the <laughs> But then Jackie Lee comes back. He says, I know what you're thinking. Child, it ain't the jerk. No. And then I was like, what? I thought you were talking about the jerk. Where, did you think he was talking about the jerk? Well, I mean, uh, as you point out, um, that if you bought the record, you would be buying the record that says The Duck, Jackie Lee. So that right away, as you say, the descripto, which that's the descripto there that would tell you yeah. that. But I don't know what I was thinking. I was thinking probably the slop or the Slawson, mm. frankly, because I've been doing a lot of research on the dances of the time. And maybe because of them being from Jackie Lee being from the West Coast, those are West Coast L.A. dances. If I hadn't thought he was talking about the jerk, I for sure would have thought he was talking about the slop. I think definitely it would have been one of those, but it's not. And then I would have been like, well, maybe it's the swim. But then he says, no, if you come here to swim now, man, you're out of luck. So, you know, I was way off track. You're like, he's already said there's two dances that it isn't. Yeah. And we're like, well, what is it? (laughs) What is the dance? So then finally, he knows that if he, if he fooled us again, (laughs) we just change the radio station, right? We'd be like, forget it. So no, he gets to it. He says, the name of this dance, child, they call the duck. And like, oh, great. Okay. Well, how do I do the duck? Now I want to do it. So- uh, now I like the idea of a dance song that never tells you the name of the dance. I think right. that would be the most avant-garde thing to do is just have it going do, 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 do. And it just endlessly percolating until the song fades out and you never learn. It's just all the songs or the dances it isn't. But he waits till the end of the second verse. Yeah. But I also want to make, sorry, just before you get, get going, I also want to mention, I love how many songs from the 60s start something on the variation of being the first line there's a new dance. Yes. Yeah. It's probably, I would estimate, uh, the most common first line of a, of a song in the 60s. It's at least up there in the top five of most common. If you want to get started, if you have writer's block, just start, <laughs> there's a new dance, and then see where it takes you, and then you can just erase all the stuff you came up with. But I like that he keeps us in suspense. Another yeah. thing I want to mention is that, because I really want us to look at the, each verse here it goes because you you were uh you were taking some words out there because he goes it goes like a this a low yeah yeah
And so low becomes an interesting thing. I know. And then, of course, as you say, I know what you're thinking, babe, child. It ain't the jerk. No. It's interesting that he doesn't. Well, he uses the jerk, but it doesn't rhyme with anything. So That's now true. there's a new dance. It goes like this, a low. So you could have thought that it would have been a dance that has a O sound, but he says the jerk, no. So let's, uh, I'll, pu- uh, I'll mention the low thing later when we get to the third verse, which I think you're getting to here. So then you figure that most dances, they're named kind of metaphorically, like the jerk. It's probably because you're sort of jerking your body around. And if you see the jerk, you'll be like, Oh yeah, I've seen that dance before. This is some, uh, I'm I'm doing the jerk a little bit now. Yes, I should also mention that he was doing the jerk. Thank you, well. And but in, now Jackie Lee tells us that this dance is not metaphorical. <laughs> this actually <laughs> involves an actual duck because he says, "Hey Lord, you run down to the river, Lord." And then the background singers come in, and these background singers really lift the song up here. You're like, "Whoa, what's happening?" Grabs your attention. They say. Come on, baby. Hey, Lord, run down to the river. Come on, baby. Uh, and then he says, then you get a duck. <laughs> I know. I love this line. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, how do I do the duck? Oh, it's easy. Well, you run down to the river <laughs> and then you get a duck. <laughs> and then you see what it does. But I also love that the, the backing vocals go, try your luck. <laughs> telling you it's not going to be easy to get a duck yeah you don't just go and grab a duck try right. it. actually literally it try it every pastor not here i want you to go into your local pond or river and when you see a bunch of ducks there first of all try and identify what kind of duck there is because there's 151 different varieties of ducks and so if it's a green wing teal or if it's a more common mallard uh if the gadwall they're all probably going to have various levels of difficulty but try and get a duck. Then you get a duck, try your luck. And then if you do get it, then the duck will do something that will show you, ah, now I see. I love that as an instructional thing. There's not like explaining. It's just, no, go to the river, get a duck, watch what it does, and then copy that. <laughs> yeah. That's essentially the instruction. Yeah, it's like, well, you can't sort of tell me what the duck would do, and then we can skip that step. But no, no, you've actually got to go down to the river. You you can't cut, you can't skip steps here. You can't cut corners. And and then after try your luck, Jackie says, oh, Lord, you start to flap your wings. One, Jackie, I don't have wings. Two, so is it because now am I flapping my wings before I get the duck? Is that helping me get the duck or is that after I've got the duck if I am lucky enough? I think it's after you get the duck. And then I think that I think that there's now like a. Uh, there's some narrative space between these verses where it's assumed you've gotten the duck. Right. You've probably had a long fight to get one. You've witnessed the duck. There's a lot of unspoken stuff going on here. And yeah. then, okay, now I know what to do. So now you're at the point where you start to flap your wings. Right. And I've started to think, cause one thing I was really doing a lot of, as I listened to all the songs we're doing today is trying to figure out exactly how to do the duck. And I didn't watch all the Jackie Lee YouTube videos. And then today when uh, my partner and I were talking about do the duck and the video that she pulled up was of Jackie Lee performing the song on TV and the background dancers were wearing flippers and they were doing the duck. And it looked like they're definitely doing what they think is the duck. I'm still not completely convinced there ever was a definitive dance that was the duck, although they're definitely doing a duck dance in that video. But one question I have is throughout these songs, we have elements that must be possibly part of the duck. One of those elements is to move your head and neck. 
sort of like a, a duck would would crane its its head forward a little bit, like jutting it forward. Another one is is wing flapping or moving your arms sort of like a chicken dance. Another element that comes in is waddling motions. Now, one thing I would say is a duck wouldn't be doing all these things at once because if a duck is walking, if a duck is waddling, it's not going to be flapping its wings necessarily, at least not in any prolonged state. And if a duck is flying, it's sure it's flapping its wings, but it's not going to be waddling and it's not going to be jutting its head probably. But if you're creating a dance, I mean, granted, you have the creative license that you could put all these ducky elements together. Yeah. One thing to note about duck, one thing I will be doing throughout this episode is referring to, uh, let's see what year this book came out. Um, the 2008 publication Duck by Victoria de Reich, uh, which is, I would say, the definitive uh, general audience or general interest book on ducks for anyone to read. Uh, you can find this in your local library for sure uh, or at your local bookstore if you have any left. And uh, the duck, of course, what's sort of fascinating about them is that they live kind of in two worlds. They live in the water and they live on the land. So that there might be some sort of sly reference here uh, that they understand and they think that we'll get it, all of these songs, that when you waddle and then sometimes you're maybe in the water. Because here it's explained that you go down to the river. One thing I do like about that river reference is that gospel music often has that image of going to the river. It's like a baptism yeah, Take Me to the River by uh, Al Green. And there's probably other examples, but that's the only one I can think of. But you run down to the river Lord and you're like, oh, yeah. well, I mean, he has said in the second verse that this is about a, or, and the first and the second dance that it's about, first and the second verse that it's about a dance. But then you almost think, oh, it sounds very religious, Lord, because all of a sudden the alo part, it goes like a this alo. The, the Lord is being referenced quite often in this song about ducks which yes. I think is kind of significant. So when he says, go down to the river, you almost forget. And you think, oh yeah, that's right. This guy's voice plus the music, plus the reference to the river and the Lord gospel. Oh no, no, I forgot. It's actually a song about. It's a stupid duck. song. Because <laughs> the next line is, then you get a duck, which I love. I just love how it's like, you run down to the river. And they're board, taking which it is- so seriously, right? Like they're taking the song. The song is very seriously delivered. Yeah, I mean, try your luck. <laughs> and then it goes on. And then when you start flapping your wings, all dignity of a human being is lost. <laughs> but not if you're a duck. If you inhabit the mind space of a duck, then flapping your wings is just a natural thing to do. So now I'll, I'll have a little bit more to say. I won't insert it now, but I actually have some cult- really interesting cultural uh, references to ducks because actually the duck figure is very large in our popular culture. Um, but I won't wedge it in yet. I will find it. But the uh, remind me that at some point, if I forget, um, that the idea of how we re- regard ducks and how we think of them as humans is going to uh, be described in a quote. I'll probably get to it in the second uh, track or so. So anyways, continue, continue. So start to flap your wings and then come on, baby, child, until you get enough of of what? <laughs> I guess just, you know, once you've just got enough of flapping your wings. You right. You, you're sort of like you've done your thing there and then do the duck. So at that point, you probably are doing the duck. And then it kind of goes into a cool part where instead of telling the story now, there's just a few sort of ejaculations, you know, uh, and his voice is just really flowing out here. It's more like just passion or something visceral where Jackie is saying, now.
So he's probably looking at the person doing the duck and he's watching someone do the duck excellently mm-hmm. and he's just sort of overwhelmed you know he's taken aback and he's just like screaming out in sort of joy yeah it's an interesting image because uh it, it's a it's a erotic moment in a song about dancing like a duck which would be probably i would imagine the least erotic dance like compare remember the lombada I think this was in the 90s or maybe it was the 80s. I can't remember. Do you remember the Lombada? It was oh, called yeah. the Forbidden totally. Dance. The Forbidden Dance. Yeah, it was a huge deal. How could I forget the Lombada? <laughs> yeah. Everyone talked about the Lombada all the time. And it was supposed to be the most like sexually uh, provocative dance. Well, the duck seems to be having the same effect on Jackie Lee. And I don't know what that says about Jackie Lee or maybe just the people of the mid-1960s who are feeling very, very much like the duck is an expression of of worth like to to go on to the dance floor and do the duck now there were a lot of dances in the 60s it does seem like the duck was just one that kind of came and went and it hasn't made it a major impression but there we're talking about four songs i probably could have found more i didn't necessarily just find the four songs about the duck or doing the duck or Mm -hmm. can you do the duck etc uh it just seemed like that's a good one these are the four best ones that i found in my period of time researching so i suspect there's more uh pastronauts can write in and say well actually you missed someone's so song about the duck as well and don't tell us about disco duck absolutely forbidden the forbidden duck is disco duck because there was never any chance we were going to do that song although it was apparently influenced by this very song jackie lee's the duck i read that as well rick d's and jackie lee's oh that's good yeah. of ducks yeah there you go so then after this portion of the song, um, it shifts into a more instrumental portion, probably with some like owls and yows in it. But so the song is mostly in the on staying on the one chord. It's just a groove on the one chord for this first part. But it's such a cool arrangement. The drums are so driving. The bass line is so cool. And you've got the vibraphone in there uh, and cool vocal. And of course, great lyrics. Uh, then you switch to, I didn't learn how to play this song, but it sounds like it switches to maybe like the four chord, like if it's in the key of E, it'd be switching to the A or something. And then this is a nice dramatic moment where we're going to have this sort of um, suspense built in the song by shifting the chord. And eventually when you drop back down to the chord that the rest of the song is built on, you're going to get back into your groove here. And uh, so, Weldon, before we go to the next verse, do you have anything to say about this instrumental portion? Got some, we got some cool um, horns in it. Yeah, the horns are cool, um, but actually that's basically it. They're playing the theme, so we have to remember that it's that doodle-doodle-loop. That's the duck. That's that's supposed to put you in mind of the platonic duck. You probably have in your mind that kind of yellow cartoon duck, but it could be like a more like really detailed duck, like a mallard or something along those lines. And probably also good to note that during this instrumental period, this could give the listener a chance to be doing the duck. This is like, okay, we're going to give you a break so that you can do the duck for a minute. You don't have to listen to what we're saying. And one thing we didn't mention is that nice, uh, nicely composed intro. That would be, as a, as a dance song, that's your dance floor call to arms at the beginning there, which I, I didn't identify. But yeah, that intro is a, is a brilliant dance floor call to arms. 
And that's why you need that five note theme. Cause if you just hear a Motown groove, you're like, well, what song yeah. is this? How am I going to yeah. dance to it? Oh, good. It's the duck. Then you put your drink down, you grab your girl or she grabs you and you go out onto the dance floor and you're about to do the duck and you're ready because you know, you know how to do the duck and you maybe have already gone down to the river earlier that day to do a little reason. Like, you know, you're going on a hot date and you're like, well, got to get ready. You get in your car, you go down to the river. You spend a lot of time getting a duck out of the river. You <laughs> yeah. observe the ducks. Your date is like, oh, we must be going to make out or something. We're probably driving off to a secluded romantic spot. No, no, this guy's about to go into the river and try his luck. Do you know the uh, the the famous sculpture uh, by Rodin, the thinker? Yes, of course. Well, the guy is thinking about how to do the duck. <laughs> That's what he's thinking about. That's what's going through his mind is like, well, Okay, which river am I going to go down to? And then am I really going to be able to get a duck? So this is kind of the the key sort of discussion point of this song is still about that moment. But luckily, as you have pointed out, the dance floor call to arms gives you a musical theme that then lets you in on, oh, it's the duck. Okay, good. So now I'm ready for this specific song. The best part of that was the only Rodin sculpture that I know is the thinker. So as soon as he started saying that, I was like, oh, Welton knows so much stuff. He must know about a Rodin sculpture of someone doing the duck. <laughs> so I was envisioning it. I already pictured it. Was the, the, Instead of the thinker, if someone looks sort of like that, but they're flapping their wings. or they're... We can edit this out and we can make it that I actually pretend that there actually is a Rodin sculpture <laughs> called the duck or la canade. <laughs> as it probably would be called. I don't remember what the thinker is in French, but you know, my, my French is uh, un peu. So <laughs> as they say. So now we're on to verse three. Is that right? Yeah. And it's an important verse. So yeah. we'll, we'll probably have to spend a bit of time on this. So man, these couple lines here in verse three, if this is verse three, uh, I love these lines. I didn't, we got to talk about these lines. They're so cool. They sound cool, and I think they could mean stuff. So it's just like a working on a chain gang. Now, right away, cool line to come back with, because we've just been doing the duck. We'd gone down to the river. We tried our luck. We picked the duck out. Got the duck, saw what it did, stomped and flapped our wings, caused Jackie Lee to possibly have an orgasm. <laughs> yeah, he's watching <laughs> us while we're doing the duck. Yeah, because, yeah, it's probably behind a tree. <laughs> so, so, apologies for the image. The, apologies to the estate of Jackie Lee. <laughs> uh, yeah, there are people just like snapping their 45 of do the duck over their knee right now. They're like, you've ruined it for me. Sort of like in the comments on Bread and Butter when people are like, I couldn't listen to this song anymore after I realized. So oh, yeah. just like a working on a chain gang, you're busting rocks. Now, what what a cool – it's just a cool – it sounds cool when he says it. It sounds cool because he says a working, just like a working on a chain gang. And he fits the the words in so well. As, and we've come back to our main musical theme, like that same chord that it's built on. Um, we haven't changed key or anything. And then and then when he says, you're busting rocks, it sounds so cool. I know these are not analytical things to say, say. It sounds cool, but I just want to point it out. Now, Weldon, I don't know a lot about working on a chain gang. I guess I could have looked it up. But so what do you, you're busting rocks on the chain gang? 
Well, I think I I seem to know the image, and, this, and this I think is it's metaphorical, though, right? So we'll get to that. But just enlighten me on the chain gang. Well, uh, I actually wonder why chain gangs would be busting rocks, but I have noticed that in the when there's uh, movies, and it's usually comedies that I can think of that show chain gangs, which of course are guys that are in prison who are all chained together, right? Yeah, Through yeah, those, yeah. Whatever you call those ankle uh, kind of chains. And then they're doing a thing where they've got pickaxes and then they were literally hitting rocks. Now, I don't understand why you would be busting rocks, why we would be using a pickaxe. When I think in movies, I always wonder, like, what are they doing? What, what value could this bring? Is this just forced labor for no purpose? Why wouldn't they want to get them doing something? Well, remember that in the Flintstones, uh, Fred Flintstone works in a quarry. And I, yeah. as far as I understand, a quarry is where you do bust rocks and so maybe you're making gravel or something okay okay i honestly don't know but i do know that there is probably some reason to bust rocks into larger rocks maybe it's just to show the the lord above like you created these rocks and now we're destroying them maybe that's one but you could also be doing um like like reshaping landscape like let's say you were going to put a road down somewhere or something and you would have big rocks in the landscape and you'd probably have to bust them up there's got to be someone listening to the podcast right now going like Guys, we can just look this up. Don't <laughs> <laughs> we can have a long digression on why chain gangs are represented as busting rocks. And then I have lots of, but you know what? I will kind of get, let's just say my impression is that it's just a cool transition. It actually has absolutely no thematic connection. And as someone who has written. Is it a metaphor for like the, the workaday tedium of workaday tasks? Well, I'm wondering if it's linking the idea of, again, I, I'm being a little bit, uh, how should I put it here? This is a bit tenuous, but I'm wondering if what we look at ducks and we see one thing about ducks is that ducks never really seem to just be lounging around. They're always kind of just like a lot of birds, quite frankly, they're kind of getting on with their day. They've got like to survive. They've got to like get enough food and that's kind of what they do. That's the life of being a bird of any kind. So I'm wondering if that it's, first of all, it just seems to me like it's just a cool transition and he's just, I don't know, I'll sing this. And then, you go, but what's this to do with ducks? And then he goes, well, I'll explain that. But when we, of course, he didn't know that years later, a podcast would appear, which would analyze verse by verse. <laughs> and then he's now like up in heaven going, oh man, I thought I knew someone would eventually go, well, why did you suddenly transition to chain gangs? Because that seems like a really different kind of topic than ducks. This seems to have like an ominous kind of thing. But you're right. Maybe what it is, is that you're working on a chain gang yeah, that's actually a good now, now that you've led me. Because I'm comparing, even, like, if you're a Joe, if you're a regular Joe, right, like a working Joe, yeah. the kind of person who's buying, going out and buying a 45 and putting it on, and then that moment when you're out at night and you're having some drinks and you're out on the dance floor and you're on top of the world, you're flying high. Mm -hmm. I think it's that comparison. And and what is the highest moment of that kind of experience when you're out on the dance floor with a stone fox, mm -hmm. right? And you're like, man. I may not have a lot in this world. I may not have a lot of material wealth, but I am out on the dance floor with the stone fox and I am doing the duck and I'm doing it right. You've nailed it perfectly. So, so that's it. It's just a matter of you're someone, he's talking to the audience that has been working all day, but now you're at this moment. So it's a really cool narrative moment in a song where yeah. the singer is telling you as if, as if he's actually like there going, you're grooving on the dance floor, Lord. And you're looking around like, is Jackie Lee here? Actually knowing that I'm actually <laughs> dancing to his song. And you're with a stone fox. And then, of course, he's cleverly now done the kind of thing you do when you're a writer. And you write things yeah. like fables. And you have ducks and foxes and 
beavers and of course all kinds of other animals and he had bustin rocks and stone fox so Mm -hmm. also that connection really nice yeah and it's it's a simpler interpretation than i had and it's a much much better it's the uh uh, occam's razor of interpretations here it's the one that's like the most rational because honestly yeah i think that's what jackie lee is saying so the duck you're doing the duck on the dance floor with a stone fox and you smile at the the irony of it or just like this is life this is it. Yeah. 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 It's like a nice little moment. Yeah. And that's basically the song. I don't know if there's more. There is. I've been listening to part two where he does go on, uh, but there's not much lyrically to. Well, we have to on. mention the little bit softer, a little bit louder. That's really well Good executed. Point. A little bit Yes, you're right. And that, uh, I'm assuming then that comes from, wait, Shout by Shout, the Isley I, Brothers? I, 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 yeah, I said it came from Shout, but I didn't look up the chronology. Uh, and I don't know how many other of this type of song, like Northern Soul songs or Soul songs, Motown type songs, do the little bit louder. It, it seems to be something that people can just go to, sort of like throw your hands in the air, where someone wouldn't go, hey, there's another song where people say throw your hands in the air. It's like, no, no, this is something we do in songs. We sometimes do a softer, louder. And obviously, if you were on the dance floor, if you've been to a dance floor and been to a dance where they do this type of thing, you would go down low and then you would go up a little bit higher. So it's a fun thing to do on the dance floor. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. And it's just to extend the song. Like this is before yeah. extended mixes. So you want to dance to the duck a little bit longer than a minute and 30 seconds, Mm -hmm. right? You want to be doing the duck for at least two and a half minutes. So you got to, and then I think he's probably shot his wad as full of the verses go. He's like, all right, I've already, I've done my metaphorical uh, rocks, boxing. I'm done here. My work is done lyrically. So I'm just going to be telling you to do it a little bit softer, then a little bit louder. And that's what we do. And I think that it's a good point. We have to know because the other thing is, is that other versions that we're going to look at of songs about the duck often make references to other dances and they also make references to other songs. There's a lot of uh, intertextuality going on in these mm. kinds of particular songs. And Weldon, you wanted to say something about, cause we were listening to two different versions that are mostly the same. Uh, I was listening to the single version, which is a little bit shorter and fades out a little bit sooner. You were more listening to the, uh, the duck, do the duck parts one and two, which has an extended outro. And and you wanted to mention something about the, extended. yeah, I don't understand how, like uh, that's the one I was listening to. And I don't, I didn't find any evidence that there's a re- like, cause every uh, entry I found on discogs for the duck was that the B side is something called let your conscience be your guide. I didn't see that there was something called the duck part two. So it seems like it's just some sort of version of an extended mix is that they've just, uh, had a bit more instrumental and there's a point in the duck part two where he goes uh, this is the next verse or the only other verse in that version he goes in case you want to know my name is Jackie Lee and then great uh, great backing vocals go his name is Jackie Lee hmm. and then he says if you case you want to duck a low so I would I would argue that a low is the royalette in this song it's the my my royalette in this song it's the, the little moment in the song that I really, I would have been disappointed after hearing the first uh, two and a half minutes of the song. And I'm like, you know what? That song was great. I just wish he would have said one more alo because he did it at the start and I like it. And then he does it again in the extended version. I'm like, good. Now I'm, sa- I'm a satisfied listener. 
He's given me as many alos as I want. And I don't know any other song that has a low in it. He just goes, in case you want a duck a low. And then he says, hey, child, follow me. And then he names cities where he's done the duck. And it's like Philly, Detroit, you know, the cities that you would be dancing in. He doesn't mention like Iowa City or um, Gary, Indiana or something like that. It's more like cities that have record labels and larger audiences, I think. But that's pretty much what he does in part two. But I think it's probably time to move on uh, because we do have three other songs about ducks. Uh, So should we move on to the next one? Yeah. Okay. Next song, also from 1965, from another band from the West Coast called LA, called The Autographs. And their song is Do the Duck. And here it is. That was the autographs with Do the Duck from 1965. Now, Eric, before we get started talking about the song, I do want to mention something now from DeWright's book because I want to teach the people out there. The astronauts need to know the relativity of ducks. Now, listen to this. This is from page 111 of Victoria DeWright's Duck. As is already evident, onomatopoeia is fundamental to the ducks to ducks language history. Yet the sounds that humans attribute to duck are not rigorously scientific. The French, in different contexts, hear coin coin, which is spelled C-O-I-N-C-O-I-N, but they also hear coin coin and coucan coucan, or even can can. Typically, a rhythmic pair of strongly onomatopoeic words emerges across cultures. So we hear in Vietnamese, cac cac. We also hear cac cac in Czech, quack quack in English, relevant to our discussion of this song. Uh, we hear quack quack. In Italian, that's QWA, QWA, Kuwak, Kuwak in Arabic, Quack, Quack in Dutch. I'm going to keep, there's lots, there's a big list here. Kvak, Kvak in Norwegian, Kvak, Kvak in Slovakian, Kwa, Kwa in Hebrew, 
it's going to keep going. Kriya Kira in Russian. And I think maybe I'll follow up with one more in Hungarian. It's Hap Hap. So just good to know that when we listen to a song like the autographs do the duck, we are getting a, this through a cultural lens, of course, so that if we were to hear duck songs from around the world, we'd probably hear something like Gick Gack in Esperanto. <laughs> so we challenge, and actually I challenge, yeah, I challenge Eric Komerke to write the world's first Esperanto duck dance song, which I would have, I'd be okay if you didn't take me up on this challenge because it sounds like it'd be a lot of work and it would probably not pay off in any way for you other than just doing something for maybe filling up some time. This would have been a good thing to do maybe in April of 2020 in the really high pandemic era mm-hmm. is to write the world's first Esperanto uh, duck dancing song. But um, Eric, get us started with talking then about this song and of course the immortal opening lines. Well, it's interesting what you say uh, about all these different ways that people interpret the sounds from the ducks. Uh, I was reading about Donald Duck, and I read that for the guy who does Donald Duck's voice, apologies for not remembering the name uh, of the Donald Duck voicer, but when I think it was Walt Disney heard the voice, it was supposed to be a voice created to voice a baby goat character. That was Hmm. the idea of that Donald Duck voice, and then I think it was – uh, and, and and then I think it was Walt Disney heard the voice and said, no, no, it sounds more like a duck. And then that became Donald Duck's voice. Now, first of all, Donald, really a ridiculous name, right? <laughs> oh, the worst, the worst <laughs> name you can have. Yeah. So at that point, you might as well have a voice like like that where you're apparently the voice was made by forcing air out of the cheeks or something. Well, I can tell you something. Someone like uh, someone born, of course, Donald was like some people might think we're referring to Donald Trump here. We absolutely aren't, by the way. Our podcast is never going to be topical in that way. But to be named Donald in the post Donald Duck era and also in the 1970s or 80s when Donny Osmond is around is to live in misery, basically. So that's one way that I would maybe even be a little bit sympathetic to to Donald Trump for people who have that name, of course. And so uh, you have to deal with Donald Duck, who I maintain is one of the worst comic book characters of all time. I despise Donald Duck. I think he is a terrible person, even though he is a cartoon duck. He is, I he, I don't want to spend any time with him. I think that he's immoral and unethical and all the things, although maybe I haven't seen enough of um, uh, Donald Duck's oeuvre, as they say, but hey, I don't like could Donald Duck have made the world a worse place, even in some small way? I, I think so. Absolutely. Remember, Scrooge McDuck is also, isn't Scrooge McDuck really just kind of like Do- Donald Trump's father in a way? Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, like that exact kind of guy, right? <laughs> yeah, Where, yeah. Like, what could he spawn? Well, something exactly like Donald Trump, right? It, and Donald Duck like has these three nephews, right? Who's Are they Huey, Dewey, and Louie? Or am I thinking right. of? Yeah, no. okay. And so, uh, and he's terrible with them. And yet, so if he's got nephews, then there's other members of the family that you never see. And as far as I recall, watching uh, TV shows, like, first of all, I'm not a Disney fan. I've never liked Disney. I will give Walt Disney one prop, though, that you've explained something that shows his management. It's like, that's the kind of thing you do as a CEO as you go, no, that's not a goat. That's a duck. It sounds pretty (laughs) arbitrary, but I would agree. When I hear Donald Duck, I hear a duck. I bet when uh, Jackie Lee came in with a song about a baby goat and then the the guy who was the CEO of Mirwood Records said, no, 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 this has got to be a song about a duck. You go down to the river 
you you grab a duck, <laughs> then you then you flap your wings. Yeah, and so of course the quacking is like what's really uh, I, that quacking sound that you're talking about that comes out of Donald Ducks. It's like a quacking voice or something. I yeah. Guess is that. yeah, yeah. And it's interesting that in Jackie Lee's The Duck, there is no mention of quacking at all. And of the things that are around the popular culture around ducks, waddling is one of the big ones. Um, just the word duck, I think, is part of it. I think people think duck is a funny word. Sounds a bit yeah. like fuck. Uh, uh, you know, it's just one of those words that it's one syllable that goes by so quick. People like to say it, and then they like that quack, quack sound. Yeah, since since you've brought up that, I have to now, uh, I'm going to reveal the amount of research I've done Please. Uh, this week, is that since you brought up the fact that the word duck is one of the main reasons why there are songs about ducks, why there's a dance, because we love the word duck. First of all, yeah. the word duck, literally, the duck is named after its uh, propensity to duck, right? Like we see a duck moving its head down. That's how I got the name is that the word to duck in, in meaning that you're, you know, yeah, I don't know how to define how you duck, but you know, when you move down to avoid something, mm-hmm. of course they've, uh, people uh, saw that ducks did something similar and they went, Hey, look, they're ducking. I guess let's call them ducks. And that's basically how, at least in English, the word comes around. And then I looked up um, some information about ducks and I found in new scientist, uh, which is a journal that I found online from o- the October 3rd, 2002. I'm going to assume New Scientist. I'm ready to believe that it's a valid journal just because it's called New Scientist. And I realize now I'm like, that's how they get you probably. It's like, just call <laughs> something, give it a name like that. This could be some sort of like, you know, really disreputable journal. But it's by an author named Emma Young. And she's referring to uh, some experiments done at a thing called the Laugh Lab which is psychologists at the University of Hertfordshire in England, and they studied humor, and they concluded that the duck was universally the funniest animal. And yet I wonder, why not the chicken? Why is the chicken? I think the chicken is a close rival to Well, the you duck. also hear a lot of jokes about chickens and monkeys. Those are two that come immediately to mind where people go to them for comedy very, very often. And the monkey is mentioned in, I yes. think, yes, our they say, fourth song. They say move, move your arms like... We'll get to it. We'll we'll catch. Yeah, it. we'll get to it. Yeah, there's a lot of cross species references that happen <laughs> in in this uh, in these four songs. There's a lot going on. We're cracking the code now mm-hmm. because there's lots more to it than you initially thought. When you thought this is going to be a whimsical, frivolous episode, it's probably actually going to be our most academic episode ever. Quite frankly, it's already turning out to be that way. So, Eric, continue because we haven't even talked about the song. Yet. Yeah, we we didn't quite <laughs> get to the song yet. Uh, so it starts with. One of the shortest dance floor call to arms that you are going to hear, but maybe one of the best. Quack, quack, ooh. Simply quack, quack, ooh. Quack, quack, ooh. And, and then it I, explodes. It explodes. I would imagine that here's why it ha- it's it's a, an effective dance floor call to arms, even though it's so short. Because when you hear quack, quack, you just you're immediately going, stop. Yeah. You would probably, if you're kissing your girl, you would just like let her drop to the floor and you would run to the dance floor. If you're She'd holding running a drink, behind you. you throw it to the ground and it smashes. And then you just head to the dance floor. You're like, quack, quack. You're like, ah, this, is, this is the autographs do the duck. And this song is wild. And it's, it's we don't have a lot of time. We got di- to get on the dance floor. It's a short this song. song. It's a short song. But man, yeah, you're right. The opening is 
solid and like brave a brave will be there are men that went into the studio remember we talked in uh our yes, episode it came about to mind Bur- immediately when i listened <laughs> to it i was like oh interesting the men go quack quack and they do it boldly they don't care it, just like or, or when we talked about the leave your kitten alone meow meows which are done yeah. with female backup singers and in this one you have the men boldly saying quack quack uh, you know they're they're fine with it well, remember in Larry Bright's uh, Bloodhound that there are men in the studio making puppy sounds, although I suspect that uh, it might be Larry Bright himself doing the, the great majority of the puppy sounds. But I'd have to go back and listen to it. But to think that this is something you're doing, like you've been paid to do this, you're in the studio and they like you might just be uh, a for hire backing vocalist for this label or something and you're just happy to get the work. And then they say, OK, what you've got to do at the start of the song is go quack, quack, <laughs> and you've got to really hit those quacks. Because the thing yeah. with quack is that it starts with the K sound and it ends with the K sound. Yeah. So it's it's an important. So of course that's another thing about duck. That's another thing about why we like hearing about ducks and why we like quack quack. So this song ups the ante a little bit. They must have. I wonder if they heard Jackie Lee and went, "All right, we're going to do a duck song too." But you didn't mention quacking or waddling, which, yeah. as you mentioned, is yeah. not mentioned there. And they do it both here, quacking and waddling, both mentioned, which is. Why I'm saying it's a strong candidate already for the Bo Diddley Award. But the song is wild beyond that. It's just a wild song. It could be about anything and I would dance to it. It's an insane song. It doesn't really have any kind of song structure. It's not really arranged anyway. It just goes. And they they don't want to tell you what, ha- like most songs, they'll explain the dance to you a little bit. Even at least Jackie Lee tells you, go get this duck. This one, they go, there's nothing quite like it. Take it from me. Just watch a duck and you'll agree. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you could, again, you still have to go down somewhere where there's ducks and take notes. They're not telling you you have to take uh, get a duck. You just have to watch a duck here. Yeah, yeah, at least we don't have to catch one in this case. Yeah. So, I mean, already it's, again, another strong candidate for the Bodidly Award is that I have less to do. I just have to watch the duck here, which actually seems like a reasonable thing. Why did I have to catch it in the first place? Revelation. That's why Jackie Lee's song has parts one and two, because you've got to go catch a duck before you can actually do the dance. This one, they're like, listen, this one's two minutes and one second. You don't have time to catch a duck. There's people. That's the other thing. It's not a dance floor called arms. It's a dance floor. It's a dance floor call to go to the river and get a duck and then come back. And that's going to take a long day. So the song could be like a kraut rock song and go on for like 65 minutes or something. And then you come back to the, to the, the club and you're like, oh, and you're all wet because you've been in the river and everyone's looking <laughs> angry. And then you just go back and you're just doing all various things that the ducks did that you saw. But this song keeps it simple. As you say, I've actually got the lyrics written down. So the first uh, uh, verse is, if you're hip, uh, also this is impression. I'm not sure if I get every word right because right. you can't find it online, um, the autographs. Uh, by the way, I've given no background information on the autographs because I can't find any. I also um, can't find any. Yeah, I There was once a link on discogs and it's still there and it, it takes you to a website it, it, it once did take you to a website that had an extremely long single spaced uh 25 years ago kind of uh internet uh web page formatting and it had way too much information about who might have been in the autographs and i always said i'm going to come back to this because it's actually probably a little too detailed and when i click that link very recently that link is now dead so the autographs are a mysterious band and actually that's just as well because we would be spending too much time talking about who they are but the lyrics as i see them are if you're hip to the newest trend i'm trying to read my own 
writing here. You must know the duck is in. Nothing quite like it. Take it from me. Just watch a duck and you'll agree. Then she says, it's a national rage. I said what I say. And then, of course, there's the chorus, which is do the duck, the duck, the duck, the duck, the duck. They do the duck over here. With some backs underneath. It's important that those the, the background singers do the claps yes. under the Yes, good point. Chords. Good point. It's 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 important they do it because the woman that is the vocalist is incredible. Her passion oh, for singing well, yeah. it's amazing. <laughs> By the time she gets to the chorus, she's in full I don't know, maybe she's on something. I maybe she's feeling the passion. And when, when she's going, do the duck over here, do the duck over I'm feel I have to do the duck. I am compelled. The power of Christ compels you to do the duck. She, at that they point. do the duck. They do, of course, they do it everywhere. And then there's like about 35 yeahs that come. And I just have yeah times infinity because she goes, yeah, 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 yeah. And I could be yeah. listening to her say yeah for the rest of the song. I'm pretty happy with it. It's some of the best yeahs yeah. in the 60s. I'm going to go out there and say that. And then because it's such an intense opening, they have to give you an intro break, right? Like they actually give you the intro break. And then I, mm-hmm. if you don't mind, will I just go to the next verse? Because, the, yeah, uh, if you shake, shake, shake those duck feathers, you know, you'll have a, and then I have date. I think she might say date, but I have it in question mark. So I don't know. So if it's if you shake, shake, shake those duck feathers, you know, you'll have a date wherever you go. Watch the duck waddle up and down. Keep your arms moving all around. It's a swinging phase, a swinging craze. Put you in a, and then I have either it's phase, days, craze, maze. I don't know what she says. But she says something like that rhymes with craze. So it can't be craze. So it's a swinging craze. Put you in a... But I don't think she says days because that's what I think would be would be what you'd say. But I almost wonder if she says maze, right. and then that's like a whole different image there of ducks in a maze. And I go, wow, this song is <laughs> deep. And then it's back to do the duck, do the duck, the duck. But then there's this final verse, which I think is so remarkable that I'm sure you've noticed too, Eric. That I just don't know what to say about do the duck. Uh, you'll do the duck. You'll be in the groove. Come on, everybody, get on the move. Never gonna die. It's here to stay. They'll be doing the duck on Judgment Day. So that religious stuff that we got from uh, Jackie Lee is all of a sudden back in a big way here. How could this singer be so passionate about the duck? It's insane. But the kind of insane that we like here on In the Past podcast, do not get me wrong. I think she's telling us something we need to listen to is like, oh, so the day of judgment will be doing the duck. Is that what we should be watching for? And notice, think also, notice also that Jackie Lee's The Duck had a lot of mention of the Lord mm-hmm. and going down to the river. So obviously these seemingly toss away songs, there's something more to them. They are important to uh, our souls. Yeah, I would. And also, by the way, the next song we're going to do says that ducks, they're at least addressing either the audience or the duck. I'm going to give a little preview to uh, the next song. They say, you got more soul than anyone else. Now you could say that that's a throwaway line to talk about the audience, but it also could be about ducks because all Mm -hmm. of these songs are about ducks. So 
what's the connection between ducks and the religious aspect that's going on here? Now, I could say that some of our more susceptible pastronauts might be now going into that uh, dangerous uh, conspiracy theory world. So watch out, guys. Watch out. Don't go down there. But still, so those of you who are willing to be too skeptical, don't don't let it pass you by that the woman in the autographs is saying, we'll be doing the duck on Judgment Day, and it's never going to die. We might say, hey, the duck was a fad, right? It was just a dance that might have lasted for a few weeks or a few months or maybe like even a full year. Nope, hasn't died. It's here to stay, <laughs> and we're going to be doing it on Judgment Day. So the duck is somehow crucial. And Weldon, here we are talking about it. 2021 right now it's the middle of june who knows when this goes up so i don't know when judgment day is but yeah i mean the duck is still here i'm willing to accept that i'm a prophet quite frankly like i've always thought i might be uh we're not exactly in the in the past universe we're not a modest podcast we think we're the best even if we're the only the 20th rated uh musical commentary podcast in canada probably even lower in the united states although not really sure uh, most of our listeners, as we constantly mentioned, are a small pocket of uh, young people who live in Holland and in Denmark, and uh, and they're always getting after us. But I have a feeling they're going to be the duck is going to be a big feature in those areas of the world uh, coming up. So just so and don't worry, we'll translate the quack quacks for you into your native tongue. It's uh, apparently in Danish, rap rap. They say rap rap. Yeah, let me go back to page one eleven. Rap here. rapper's delight. There you go. But yeah, you know, uh, in uh, yeah, rap rap in Danish. So I mean, that's already the Danish are are weird people. Sorry, but I mean, if you think that duck sounds like rap rap, I guess it's a yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean the duck. I do remember that um, there is a hip hop album, if you want to call it hip hop loosely, which is Malcolm McLaren's Duck Rock, and I think that he's got stuff about ducks the ducks always come back into our culture they come back into our music i can't remember the last most recent time they've made an appearance in pop culture at least for us in north america but uh i would say we're making a strong bid to bring it back so uh but enough of my braggadocio uh what else the drums in this song is another thing that i was going to talk about wicked drums and wicked drums in the last song that we didn't mention in jackie lee's the duck uh yeah the drums sound great it's it's pretty good playing especially the drums though i would say like the guitar and the bass fine doing a cool thing it's pretty much um almost like a basic blues backing track but fast and intense it really is the especially the lead singer's vocal but also you have to give credit to those background singers who are great as well that's what really lift the song up i think yeah they they really open it up in a way that you have to keep Keep them in mind, yeah. And one thing I like about the song is if you're going to call your band the autographs, you better have some confidence and some some swagger, right? That's a pretty that that's a that's a name where you're like, hey man, we're the autographs. You got some hubris there, but this one delivers the kind of confidence and swagger. You're like, well, what are you going to bring us? Well, we've got a song about ducks. And you're like, well, I don't know if that's what's going to do it, but this one does. Talking about doing the duck. And I also, Weldon, want to ask you, I feel like I would love to karaoke this song. We haven't talked about karaoke ability for a little while. And I think the karaoke ability, I'm having trouble saying it today, of Jackie Lee's The Duck is quite high. But I I think I even more want to hit the karaoke floor with uh, 
autographs do the duck. Yeah, let me think about it for a second here. Uh, is that one thing I always point out is that the, one of the problems with karaoke is that the backing uh, track is always never as wild as uh, as you'd hear mm. in the song. So that mm. creates a problem. But let's imagine that you had a karaoke, an ideal karaoke experience, a platonic yeah. karaoke experience, where it's actually like maybe even one of those places where it's a live karaoke. I know that's a bit gimmicky, but you know that could be good if you've got a crack band like the Autographs. Yeah. And and then you're like, okay, I've got this, so I now can rise to the occasion. It's not just got. It's not going to just be some chintzy electronic, you know, drums or something like that. You got to have a live drummer hitting them the way this is, and it can make you go into a ecstatic state. So a phase, a daze, a craze, any a maze, of any of those things. You'll be, be amazed. You'll be in a craze. You'll be in a. It's not just a phase. Etc. But uh, for sure, I would say it's it's very high. But then you've got to do a lot of yeah, yeah, yeah. like, and I don't know if we can do it the way she does it. I think that's the problem is that it's going to be a lot. Jackie Lee's smooth, right? So that you can see, I noticed right. things between Jackie Lee and when we moved to the Meadowlarks. There's this really something we haven't done in our show is that kind of vocal style. We we aren't very familiar with it, but it's a very smooth vocal style that Jackie Lee brings. And when you get to the Meadowlarks, we'll hear them and we'll hear very smooth, sweet soul. And maybe the closest we've ever come is in our classic episode on it's going to take a miracle. One of our most popular episodes, because all of the vocal performances in that episode are so amazing. And the Royal Let's version, and it's always uh, made such a mark on us that they've become now a term in the, in the past universe is that's maybe the closest thing to, to a smooth, soulful vocal style because we're used to like jack ely and, and louis louis and things like that or even 96 tears which is kind of a cool version of a vocal performance or maybe some low tower well yeah we've definitely hit uh recently we're getting into the soulful heights with low tower being like rosetta hightower and of course some of the other people like uh the mysterious singer of the azaleas who would just be as mysterious as the singer of the autographs there's all these un heralded women out there who have been going did something in the 60s that is worthy of our attention and so the autographs i can imagine walking down the street and having someone drive by in a car and this blaring out and i will mm -hmm. stop whatever it is i'm doing and i'll just do the duck and i wouldn't feel embarrassed because i'm like anyone that doesn't do the duck is a square man listen to it yeah, yeah, yeah. It and would, if Jackie it, Lee was nearby, he would point and be like, <laughs> he'd, be, <laughs> he'd be looking at you a little bit like strange or something. Now you're looking so, so good now. But this is the world we want to live in. I say that this song has like a Frank Guida feel to it. That's one thing I like about it because we've talked about like the. So they nor fucked it up. Yeah, for sure. And this is an L.A. thing. And it's after, so we know that the Frank Guida feel is definitely very, the party in the studio feel, although we've heard it in other songs. Frank Guida didn't invent it or anything, but this is a party in the studio, and the woman singing this is intense. So it would be fun to karaoke it, as long as you're not just going to go up there and go, yeah, 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 which is what you've, you've been a karaoke host. You know there's people out there that you should just grab the microphone from and just like throw them off the stage and go, no, yeah. you got to go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if your voice is cracking, as long as you're giving it the intensity that it requires, right? But Do the mm -hmm. Duck, I'd say, is definitely uh, got to be added to the karaoke songbooks around the world, so for sure. Great. Yeah. Okay, I think I think we've talked about that. I think it's now time to move back still in 1965. All these songs are coming from 65. Strangely, our fourth song, 
seems to be from an earlier time, and I don't understand it. But 1965, Can You Do the Duck? The Meadowlarks, here it is. Everybody ready? was Can You Do the Duck by the Meadowlarks from 1965. I'm going to throw it right to Eric. I really like the dance floor call to arms that this one starts with. And I will note that because these are all dance songs, they're all songs that are meant to bring the audience, bring the crowd out onto the dance floor, get them dancing. They all open with dance floor call to arms. That's why. So you might be saying like, man, these guys are always talking about a dance floor call to arms. Not everything has a dance floor call to arms. If it's a dance craze <laughs> song. Yes, it does. These these guys know that. Uh, so this one does start with a dance floor call to arms. And it's very overt in this one. And it has the sort of fake crowd. Everybody ready? So, Weldon, would they have brought people into the studio to go, Possibly. You know what I think it sounds a little bit like is like uh, Farmer John by the Premiers. Yeah, yeah. It's got that kind of, uh, hey, everybody. Um, As the Premiers, Farmer John is something like, has anybody seen Coach Pickle Harry? Yeah. If if you see him, tell him Herbert is looking for him. And then they, ladies and gentlemen, the Premiers. And this has kind of got a little bit of that party in the studio so it might just be that there's people around that just happen to be hangers on i happen to know that the supremes 
uh, spent many years in the wastelands of not having hits. At the time when girl group music was at its biggest, the Supremes were actually not getting hits. But a lot of what they did is they just were in the background of songs by um, Holland Dozier. Well, I guess it was before Holland Dozier Holland in Motown songs. So I suspect that it's the it's maybe just some people who happen to be in the studio who are ready to right. just. I don't even know if they get paid. They just they're just there to answer the question that's asked by the metal arcs lead vocalist here. So yeah, I mean, who knows? That's the kind of question we do want to know. And I think sometimes studio uh, records sometimes even tell you who the people are. So there might be out there somewhere, a document that explains who the people are in the studio who are just providing party sounds. And that's the kind of instrument I want to play. It's just party sounds. I'm just there. The crack guy that you get into a studio when you're doing a song and you need, you need a bunch of people to say, woo, and stuff like that, that I'd be one of the people you'd call in and you'd fly me in from Vancouver to Atlanta or wherever. And then I'd fly back after getting my huge paycheck. And all I did is go, woo. So easier, easier than doing a podcast. I say, well, anything to get out of this, that's for sure. Yeah, that's that's the way we are here. We are <laughs> jaded and disillusioned. We said it before. <laughs> so this one in 1965 might have sounded a bit familiar to some people because it's pretty much the exact same song as The Jerk by The Larks. So we have just listened to Can You Do The Duck by The Meadow Larks, but about – well, then how much earlier was it? Like a year earlier? I don't have uh, a date for when the jerk was. Oh, I do. It's from 64. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So there you go. And um, I'll just tell you now, I think the song is a repost to Jackie Lee's The Duck. I think they're saying, oh, yeah, you said that this dance wasn't the jerk. Well, we're going to do your song to the tune of our song. And we're mm. going to even make some references to your song. That's good. And I think they do that here. So I, that, I, the more I've listened to it, the more I see it as that. But I'm very conspiracy-minded this week. So, you know. I love it. So this is like a diss track, basically. I think it might be. I think it might be. Because also, this is, uh, it's got the same smooth soul vocals as Jackie Lee. So we hear that they're kind of doing something similar vocally. And it's been pointed out in the YouTube comments that uh, for not for this one, but for the jerk by the larks, and I, I don't recall if I made this completely clear, the meadow larks and the larks are the same group. Uh, that this song also sounds very, very similar to Girl You Don't Know Me by the Impressions. Uh, and some of you may have noticed that the vocal harmonies in this song also are very impressionistic, mm. uh, they, they definitely recollect Curtis Mayfield's The Impressions. And But I mean, there's actually lots of songs that kind of have a feel like this. Like the first time I heard this song, I thought of uh, The Monkey Time by Major Lance. I don't remember mm -hmm. what year that's from, but that's what it reminded me of right away before I heard, you know, something like The Jerk by The Larks, where I was like, well, now this is just the same song. And what's that other song by Major Lance? Mm, 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 mm. That's yeah, yeah. pretty much the same song, too, yeah. I think. Except that his yeah. vocals are a little bit rougher, if I recall. Uh, Major Lance doesn't sound super smooth like these dudes, but I can't recall. I have to go back and listen. But boy, it, it you know what? That's that last song we listened to, where it's about be you might be put in a maze. We're in yeah. a maze here of references. It's hard yeah. to know. Like at a certain point, when we do this podcast and we're drinking, of course, that's the other thing we do. 
in order to make this more of a party in the studio, because you don't want to listen to totally sober academic reflection, which is, of course, the other thing we provide, but you just end up being completely confused. So just so you know, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to make all kinds of references and accidentally get the song title wrong and things like that. And we're not going to go back and edit it because uh, Eric, my producer here, he's got better things to do. He's got too many things on his plate. So just a little bit of a rant there because I've been now I'm on my third cider. So I've got to go down to the river and get a duck. <laughs> That's not easy. That is, you have to do that every week, basically. I do it once a week. So, you know, this song compared to the other couple songs we did is actually pretty Spartan in its instrumentation. Uh, you've got a, a cool drum beat, cool bass line, cool guitar part. As you can tell, my analysis from today's <laughs> songs is mostly saying things are cool. Yeah. Uh, and even though it's a party track, it's also got a bit of a haunting quality. That's unusual for something to be like a party track, but also kind of haunting. And it has something to do with the the reverb on everything here and the groove that they create. And even if you listen to The Jerk by The Larks, not even, it's almost the same song. <laughs> but like you watch them on American Bandstand doing The Jerk and you're like, this is a bit haunting. Is it also that now that I think about it, it's three, it's three vocalists as far as I know. The Metal Larks kind of shift around because there's Don Julian and the Metal Larks. And I don't know if Don Julian's actually in the band at this point, but uh, the Metal Larks are a doo-wop band who have gone back. Like they, by the time they're doing this song, they're 10 years, maybe even like 12 years into a career. But three guys singing in the same high voice, unless it's multi-tracked or something, it's, it's very like they're not doing uh, harmonies. There's just three guys singing in the same high kind of soul, smooth soul voice. That's what it sounds like. That might contribute to the ethereal quality of the song. Yeah, that's a great point. Hmm. And the other, the flip side of this single is a song called Sad, Sad Boy, which is a very beautiful song. But I think in this song, this is arguable, but I think we may have some sad sack hand claps. Oh, wow. We haven't heard them since uh, Porti Porti, by Los Saxon, which were some terrible hand claps. One other terrible hand clap song is uh, The Screw Part 2 by The Crystals, although I think they were instructed, because I have a feeling The Crystals can do good hand claps, Mm -hmm. but uh, Mm -hmm. I think they were instructed to do sad sack hand claps. So I think Phil Spector was a guy who knew sad sack hand claps. Where do you find them in the song? I didn't notice them. Uh, they're they're just. I mean, I I don't have the exact spot, but there's the hand claps that are in the song are just a little bit. You know, it's maybe like two people or something doing some hand claps. They're mm. just not not a very inspired hand claps. But that's gonna re- that that's gonna take down its karaoke ability and its uh, possibility of getting a Bo Diddley award. I find things like that will will hurt you. This would be a tough song to karaoke. I don't know if I'd put. I like the song, but I don't know if I'd put the karaoke ability that high. Yeah, it's well, it's because it's high. That's the problem is that the voice is high. So can you yeah. hear the music? See, I can't do it. I'm trying to start the song and it's impossible. I think for me, what's really notable about the song is, again, I keep repeating it, is the uh, real clear to me <laughs> after, you know, uh, viewing JFK by um, Oliver Who's the guy that does those movies? Oliver Stone? I was going to say Oliver North. <laughs> Oliver, Stone. Oliver Stone Fox. Bustin' Rocks. Oliver oh, Stone. Oh, we got references. Yeah, because uh, I will point out like the lyrics here. Okay, let me just kind of go through the lyrics a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we'll, we'll get through this. Uh, can you hear the music of my swinging band? And the band is, 
I don't know if they're swinging, but they're definitely like playing very cool in a cool way, as you say. You've got to start moving. You've got to do this dance. Everybody in the neighborhood is doing this dance. It sure is good. Can you do the duck? Well, all right. It's all right. Aw, shucks. So there's one addition. They finally went, you can rhyme duck with shucks. Weldon, for me, if there's a royalette in this song, it's when they say aw, shucks. Mm -hmm. I really love how they say aw, shucks. It's definitely one of the best. It's a royalette for sure. Absolutely. And then they say, watch me go to work, which directly negates what... Jackie Lee, which is said, is that you've been to work and now you're finally on the dance floor mm. with the Stone Fox. Good. And what uh, the Metal Dog says, nope, you're at work now on the dance floor <laughs> doing the duck. And you go, whoa, that couldn't be a clear, hey, hey, that couldn't be a clearer repose to Jackie Lee if you tried, <laughs> right? There's no way you anyone misses that. Everyone dancing to it is like, whoa, Jackie Lee must be mad. He's watching us and now he's angry. Well, then here's one thing that I have to take issue with here. I do want to hear the rest of the lyrics, but I want to uh, – maybe I'm jumping forward. But So they describe how to do the duck. They say, stiffen your legs, mm-hmm. bend way down, like the monkey, move your arms all around, move your head and your neck. That's it. Don't quit. Pastronauts, don't try to do this <laughs> dance. If you're going to try and do this dance, you might as well try and make some Kickapoo Joy Juice yeah. while you're doing it. Drinking some airplane glue and an old shoe and a tin can. Because yeah. I don't know how you stiffen your legs and bend way down. And at the same time, your arms are moving, your head and your neck are moving. That is an undoable dance. Maybe they want people to do the jerk. That's why. Because th- this yeah. is a- they're replying. They want to be like, why would you do this stupid duck dance when you can do the jerk? They're sabotaging the duck. That's exactly it. Yeah, that's exactly it. So um, the one thing they do that I think maybe makes a, a direct, uh, at least correlation to the other songs is they do say, you've got more soul than anyone else. You're out on the floor all by yourself. We're going to see that the idea of isolation is then repeated in the next song by the bracelets when we talk about waddle waddle by the bracelets. So you've got more soul seems to me to be a reference to the dancers in the most immediate sense. And that's a good way to like get people to like your record is if you go to a club, dance to a record, and you're directly complimented by the mm. singer, the singers. Uh, but I think it's actually a reference to a duck. The ducks in its, uh, the, the animal as the duck, is that they are an animal that has more soul than anyone else. Now, one last cultural reference, if you'll indulge me, Eric Komernicki and Pastronauts, is that one thing I get to do on this episode is uh, proselytize from one of my favorite writers. He's one of the best nature writers. Uh, I would say he's the best American nature writer alive still. I would say that, although Annie Dillard is still alive. I teach at St. Swithin's School for Confused Rich Kids, and I do teach uh, nature writing. So Meryl Gilfillan is a writer, and his book, Choke Cherry Places, which is a great book. All of his books of essays are amazing. I'm going to read a couple of paragraphs, maybe even three paragraphs here. So bear with me. This is from the opening of the book. And he says, there is something in the unison of ducks, wild, unbroken ducks, that is reassuring as a breeze in aspens. I have been watching a small raft of redheads. He's talking about ducks, not girls or men. Ride the modest mid-May chop on Smith Lake and wondering at the staunchly jaunty unison of the score of identical creatures in the binocular field, strikingly handsome against indigo water in early evening sun. 
cut of the one mold and riding the one medium. They call me back again and again. They are a canny, familial, aggregate, delicate, sharp of bright yellow eye, utterly humorous, ready at any instant to leap and disappear unbroken. So in that paragraph, he gives you a lot of, I think he repeats back to us, a lot of what we say or what we see in ducks. So we see something in the unison. We see ourselves reflected in ducks because we're living in cities. We live with other people. Even if you live alone, you go out into the world and you then immerse yourself in the crowds, in the unison of other people, just like he's saying here, unbroken. So even if you're alone, you're unbroken. You go out into the world and see this. And then I love this comment where he says they are a canny familial aggregate. We see them. We understand them as family. We see them as one. And he says, Utterly humorous, humorless. We look at ducks and see them as funny kind of creatures. They themselves are super serious when they do their things. A duck doesn't look like it's having fun at any time. A duck is always doing some kind of work. And it's basically, if you laugh at it, it quacks at you. And you can tell in the tone of that quack that it's telling you to get effed, basically. I'd say that he has captured the duck very well here. I'm going to read one more paragraph and then we can go back and we can maybe look at the next song in these lights. We're going to still keep talking about the metal arts. We haven't finished with them. He says, they make me think of, he's talking about the same ducks. He's been writing about them for several pages now. They make me think of all the popular calendar illustrations and color prints of ducks in their various postures that have graced cabins and living rooms and taverns for several centuries. Mallards jumping from a pond, wood ducks with wings set dropping to a wooded swamp. People can be taken with ducks who are taken with no other birds, partly because of, no doubt, the bird's high waterfowl visibility so you can go down to the river and get a duck. You can pretty much be guaranteed that you'll just find a duck if you look for one. You won't have to look that hard. As well as their popularity as hunted prey, but also perhaps because of this far-ranging and dauntless unison. One never sees a score of Blackburnian warblers traveling in aggregate. We see ourselves when we see ducks. I've said this before on podcasts. People, when they say, what's your spirit animal? I'm a lion. I'm a whatever. You're a duck. We're all ducks. We might be crows too, possibly. But you're a duck. Eric, you're a duck. You do the duck over here. You do the duck over there. I'm a duck too. So it's... It, what I'm trying to say here is Gil Fillon, who we just uh, heard speak there, is saying essentially the same things as these singers are saying here. He's just not getting you to do the duck. He's getting you to think the duck. So thank you very much for indulging me here. You've got uh, a bit of a, a, pre, uh, a peek into my teaching style. But man, I had to say it. Had to be out there. Or maybe we're already doing the duck before we try doing the duck and that's why we'll be doing the duck on judgment day mm. and why we'll keep doing the duck because it is like our nature to do the duck i uh i, I think it's a good reading i think it's a good link to uh then to just it's a good it shows that you're a good english uh student because you take something and you probably went i don't know what the relevance is of that and you went i'll just make it relevant and you did it beautiful you you earned your degrees <laughs> uh so do you want to add more about that? I have maybe like one one more point. Otherwise, I, I 
right soon ready to move on depending on your readiness oh yeah i'm ready because i think that that was more than enough analysis of that song and the and the link to popular culture the metal larks one thing i might say is it is interesting that they're the metal larks and they're singing about the duck that's one bird singing about another bird that yeah might, yeah that's kind of a I neat thing that. that's about all i'll say about that it's kind of neat it's cool i noticed that with uh not quite as much with Jackie Lee, but still in Jackie Lee's song, but definitely in the autographs where the autographs, they have these quack, quack, ooh, background vocals that are very high falsetto vocals. Mm -hmm. And it reminded me weirdly of a disco song, even though that song is from, um, it was 64, 60, 64, I think. So it was 65? 65. 65. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then this metal arc song, too, it's obviously not a disco song. It's very 65, but the vocals do sort of um, predict disco, th those high falsetto vocals. And I started to think about how these are dance songs that have these falsetto vocals and these harmonies that that you're going to hear over and over again once disco arrives. And I started to wonder whether some of these songs might be laying the groundwork for disco, marrying these high falsetto vocals with dance floor music. And it, it makes sense to me because the way that these songs sound like for anything that you wanted to fill the dance floor with, you would want a lot of bass and drums. You would want very solid bass and drums, right? Cause those rhythms, that groove, they're going to drive the dance floor. And so you get people on the dance floor and then if you have that much bass and drums that much heavy low end it's hard to get the vocals to balance the mix so those so you want high vocals so often you get vocals like the lead singer of the autographs those are the vocals that you hear in rock music a lot that we like those like belted out vocals but disco doesn't often have belted out vocals they have strong melodies mm. so if you want strong melodies to cut through a mix you don't want belted vocals what do you want? You want them to be falsetto, maybe. So they'll cut through and you can still have strong melodies and harmonies. So I feel like it is not all that far-fetched to think that these songs really sort of predict the sound of disco music. So we see the through line from doo-wop, because the Meadowlarks, of course, are right. a band that come out of the doo-wop era. And they're just adapting. And then they go into soul. And then this style then transitions into or parts of it become ingredients in disco so we see it's it's good you're going to guest lecture for my next class at uh, mm -hmm. saint swithin's boy for confused rich kids because you just made it really really clear and there's a beautiful image so maybe we'll have to look for some disco songs on ducks which aren't disco duck but uh, i'm ready to move on to the next song here are you i am we should mention that the metal arcs may be the possibly the first integrated doo-wop group. We can't confirm that, uh, but the I, I see from photographs that it was uh, possibly three black men and one they, white man. They were briefly integrated. Uh, I so Eric and yeah, I have so we, we have seen videos like videos of the Larks where the 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 white male was not in the group. So. Glenn Regan. I I looked at it. So so we had a brief. Uh, I wouldn't call it an argument, but you and I went back and forth on uh, off pod, as we say in the biz, uh, about the because uh, I always thought it was the Dell Vikings who were the first integrated doo-wop band. However, I think you are right in that because the claim is that the uh, the Larks were, but the Larks started out as an all black doo-wop group. But then Glenn Regan, who is an amazing looking guy, he looks like he doesn't fit in, not just because he's white. It's because he looks like a guy who should be a football 
uh, quarterback, not a football quarterback, but some sort of, but then again, Jan Savage of the seeds also looks like he should have played on a football team and he's an awesome garage rock guitarist. So look at the bass player in Freddie bell and the bell boys. Exactly. So looking like a football player doesn't preclude you from being in doo-wop or rock music. It's it's matter of fact, it just makes you a bit more visually stimulating, but Glenn Regan joined uh, the Larks. I did a lot of research after this, and I saw that Glenn Regan is on uh, the Larks. Their first and really kind of only big hit is called "Heaven and Paradise." It's an amazing doo-wop song, and uh, Glenn Reg- Regan's vocals. If he's the one who does this one section, apparently he was a uh, classmate of uh, Don Julian, who is the main guy in the the Larks and p- possibly the Metal Larks. Although the Metal Larks and the Larks later become a three-piece, so it's very confusing. Glenn Regan has this piece in Heaven and Paradise where he sounds like he's just kind of talking and not in that doo-wop way of like, oh, girl, let me tell you. He's actually just going, he's just kind of saying the words. It's a bold lyrical decision uh, or uh, vocal performance decision. So uh, I do think that they were integrated pre before the Dell Vikings became a uh, an integrated band. But it's the kind of debate and the kind of... Uh, piece of information that really should be discussed like it's important to know that a lot of doo-wop bands there were italian kids there were black kids there were doo-wop bands that were all just uh white kids and then of course we also realize from you guys know from our podcast is that girl group music especially in its early phase is essentially just doo-wop with girls singing early shirelles bobettes although bobettes are also just rock and roll let's not go down that road because this is where i can get after a few ciders really really pedantic so i'm going to stop and say speaking of girls let's listen to waddle waddle by the bracelets which appears to be from 1962 we're going to talk about that but let's just listen to the song now
that was the bracelets from 1962 with the song waddle waddle now i tried to reconcile how this song can be from 1962 because why did there be why was there a song about well this song isn't about doing the duck necessarily but it's a song called waddle waddle and then three years later there's all these duck songs so i wonder if the bracelets did this song and it was like latent people finally went wait a second and they started doing the duck but i don't quite get how this can be from 62 but it seems to be from that according to discogs and 45 cat but it's not exactly written in stone yeah on youtube mr spectacles says that this was number 113 on the hot 100 for only one week which was in um which is around september 15th 1962 Hmm. and what we seem to be hearing is a pitch for doing what we interpret as the duck, but maybe you would call the waddle waddle because they're trying to sell us the the dance. They're saying like, well, listen, we know you're skeptical. There's a lot of dances out there, but I guarantee you this will bring you more satisfaction than the twist and the mashed potato. Yeah, that's a good point. I actually didn't notice that even though the song's called Waddle Waddle. They say straight up in the first verse, we're coming with the waddle. Are you ready? So this actually isn't the duck. This actually should have probably been the first song. But because I'm the program director, I made clearly an error here. But I understood this to be one of the uh, the deluge of uh, of duck songs. But it's clearly actually preceding that. But that's okay. It doesn't matter because we take things lightly here. But yes, the, uh, the, st- uh, the, the bracelets are also kind of a mysterious band, but they appear to be the same group that's also known as the Starlets, who are from Chicago, who had a hit with a song called I Sold My Heart to the Junk Man, which then had this big controversy because it was billed as the Bluebells, which then became Patti LaBelle and the Bluebells, and Patti LaBelle, super famous singer, um, uh, then pretended to do the song and was uh, lip syncing to that song until the uh, the Starlets actually sued them and got money and a settlement. But apparently people say that the Starlets also recorded under the name The Bracelets, and a lot of girl groups did uh, record under different names. So I think that The Starlets and The Bracelets are the same band. They're from Chicago, and it's then clearly from 62 because their hits then were from that period, 61 and 62. So, Weldon, when girl groups or any groups would record under these different names and same with Jackie Lee who did our first song, the duck Uh, Jackie Lee, as I mentioned, had been recording as Bob and Earl Mm -hmm. and recorded under some other names. And then when the duck became a hit recorded some other singles as Jackie Lee, but then also I think recorded under some other names as well. Were these artists just thinking, Hey, I'm going to record all these songs. One of them might be a hit. And then I'll run with that name. Like if our song Waddle Waddle as the bracelets becomes a hit, then I guess we'll record more songs as the bracelets and go on tour as the well, bracelets. Well, remember that they have no say in this, even the the probably the boys right. in bands, like it's just their their managers who are just like so that the the example there of the Starlets having a song that was a hit called I Sold My Heart to the Junk Man, but then the record label dude deciding, well, I'll put this under the name The Bluebells for some right. reason, and then I yeah. will as far as I can tell, start a band called the Bluebells and have them do it. And then the bracelets or the starlets go, Hey, 
Why did you do that? And that the crystals have the same thing happen to them with the Duron Ron and things like that with uh, Darlene Love. So uh, it's a confusing time. And you can see that these artists <laughs> have no agency. So they're, they're the yeah. record. They might find out that the record is put under a different name and they go, oh, I guess we're the bracelets on this one for some reason, probably to cash in on some sort of trend or something like that. But anyways, to, to start talking about the song, the first thing I noticed is it's another great duck song whether or not it comes late in the game or early in the game as we now know it starts off in this twist and shout kind of way yeah it's it's a twist and shout but with step and shake instead of (laughs) twist and shout basically and starts with those you know weird sounding but great like And then some cool drum fills. All these songs have great drums we're doing today. And there's the, in that intro, there's drum fills going all over the place. And then the lead singer comes in Mm. with a mind blowing first note. Just, it's not, not a low tower. It's just something cool. She's kind of my adjective of the day. I guess it's, we could call it the Gary U.S. Bonds or something because it is the thing that we say that, you know, if you can't do the mm-hmm. the, the sort of high things, she's doing like that. That. I mean, it's amazing. Her and the singer from the autographs together would be an unstoppable force. I think one yes. thing that's really happened yes. with this episode is that we've seen the boys have smooth soul songs about ducks. The girls go right. crazy when they sing about ducks. And I like the contrast. I like that I will uh, salvage my reputation as a program director after, you know, putting the bracelets last when they should have been clearly first. Although, you know what? You could say save the best for last or at least whatever. But man, like there is that nice contrast between smoothness and soulfulness. Although the soulfulness is in the smoothness too. But there's just this wildness to uh, the bracelets and also the autographs. Whereas there's this kind of like, super cool smooth quality to uh jackie lee and then of course the metal arcs and i've maintained that the metal arcs are talking back to jackie lee so maybe you know the autographs might be thinking of the bracelets when they're doing their song but yeah this is a great vocal performance this has got great drums too the drums drummers are the hero of many of these songs we have to like pull them out of obscurity even though we don't know their names and say these guys are they're doing some crazy stuff in the studio yeah, and now you've got me thinking. I, I I'm interested in your point about how the male singers are are singing so smooth, and then the women are freaking out. Like, are are the men a little more self conscious about singing about a duck, and they have to make it kind of cool? Or they're doing it maybe start out doing it semi ironically, but uh, you know, probably that's just the way those groups sang, and mm-hmm. and they're doing a song about about a duck, trying to capitalize on some dance craze that we're not totally sure ever existed astronauts try and go on youtube and find a video of someone dancing the duck where they're clearly saying here's the duck this these are the steps you would do you won't find it i don't think if you do hey send it to us on facebook we'd love to see it but i I can't find a definitive video about how you dance the duck or the waddle despite these instructions about how you would uh you know what the uh the movie hairspray apparently has this song in it yeah, and, and I suspect that maybe I tried to look earlier today for the scene with Waddle Waddle, but I think I have to buy the movie. And it's strange that I haven't seen it because I like John Waters, but I guess I haven't seen his uh, more commercial efforts. I'm not dissing them. I'm just saying I haven't seen them. 
So there is a possibility that the movie might actually show what the waddle was. It seems like John Waters would be the kind of guy who would know what the waddle was and how it looks and that he would see it. I, I kind of predict that it's actually probably in there. You've mentioned too uh, that there, you can find Jackie Lee on a TV show doing a dance, uh, which appears to be at least partly the duck, but then there's parts because his song mentions other songs like the jerk that the dancers are then doing the jerk. So it's hard to detect or identify, but we know that the duck has a certain amount of, uh, moving your arms in a certain way feather like but it isn't the same as the chicken because there's nothing that resembles say the chicken dance which is a very famous canadian derived uh bird dance that we would know from our our youth the early eight, 1980s chicken dance yeah. uh, uh, came out of winnipeg and then took over the world which by the way research told me the chicken dance was adapted from a german polka song called the duck dance so the chickens are just riding the, the coattails, if you want to say, of the ducks. Ducks mm-hmm. ducks one, chickens zero. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, then, is this song a cha-cha? Hmm. Might be right. It's got a certain cha-cha-cha rhythm. I didn't even notice it. Yeah. But dun, dun, dun. Here we go. Dun, dun, dun. I think it's a cha-cha. Yeah, so it, it fits into our, our year's theme. Yes. Good. Because it's maybe been a while since we published Cha Cha, although I'm not sure. We seem to find Cha Chas by accident now. So yeah, <laughs> we must just be drawn to them naturally. If they if they're about waterfowl or if it's a Cha Cha, we're going to be in there. So if you got both, you know, <laughs> yeah, you got it too. Yeah. What What do you want to say about this song other than the powerful vocalist, the awesome drummer? We got some cool horns. I have one thing that I can say beyond that, besides it sounding like uh, Twist and Shout. Well, it's written by Rudy Clark, is worth mentioning, and Rudy Clark wrote the Shoop Shoop song, also wrote Got My Mind Set On You. Whoa, really? Yeah, yeah, the original version by James Ray, which is a wicked, wicked version, and a cool thing about that original version of Got My Mind Set On You, which is fantastic, or perhaps sticking with my adjective of the day, cool, uh, (laughs) is that you'll see that Waddle Waddle has the Hutch Davy Orchestra on it, and you're like, well, who's the Hutch Davy Orchestra? Well, I'll tell you what, the Hutch Davy Orchestra also plays on Got My Mind Set On You, and sounds great there as well. They acquit themselves well. And also, Rudy Clark wrote, Pastronauts, hold on to your hat, hold on to your wig, good lovin', Mm. a garage classic. And Rudy Clark just died last year. Rest in peace, Rudy. September 3rd, 2020. Oh, man, I wish we'd got this episode out earlier so Mm. that he'd know that uh, his uh, legacy was. But he already knew that, so he didn't need us to tell him. I'd also mention the Hutch Davy Orchestra. Uh, Hutch Davy, if you look at his Wikipedia page, was the arranger for many songs, but also to pastronauts who are uh, garage rock purists. He wrote the song Green Door by Jim Scott, which then becomes a cramp song. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so he's uh, he's a solid dude. So uh, you can hear his orchestra playing like the bee's knees here, right? So mm-hmm. so they're doing a great job. This is, yeah, it's a cha-cha-cha for sure. Why didn't I notice that? Man, I'm slipping. I'm slipping <laughs> for sure. Well, you had to do all this thinking about ducks. You can only do so much. It's true. You've a done lot of, a lot of great work on ducks. My research this week was definitely pulling me into the cultural sphere. Um, but, you know, uh, we got to it eventually. As with, with a partner, you can't go wrong. You have to have, yeah. just like ducks, 
now here's a, a really good like link to the what we were just talking about this song just like uh how the, the metal arc song ended they actually say you're out on the floor all by yourself which is interesting uh in this song uh the lyrics have step and shake baby step and shake baby. i think you're gonna make it now mix it all up now waddle like a duck those are two lines that are never gonna leave your brain after you heard it. now mix it all up now waddle like it and then she says now you're on your own so yeah you're on your own no i love that moment because i thought of you know what when i I don't have kids but when you have a kid and your kid is on a bike with training wheels and you sort of like push them along and then at some point you let them go and they go off and they're sort of wobbling on their bike as they go forward and you're watching them and you're like And that's what I thought when this is the singer from the bracelets says, now you're on your own. And I see them and you're like, okay, it's your turn to do the duck. We're going to let the instrumental music play. We're going to let Hutch Dave, your orchestra play. And let's see if you can do the duck on your own. And at first they would, they'd be trying to waddle and they'd be wobbling a little bit and they might be unsteady, but then they're going to get their rhythm, get their feet set. And you're like, they're doing it. They're doing the waddle waddle. They're doing what will in 1964 or 65 be called the duck. Uh, and the training wheels at that point are off. So we find out that uh, that the duck is really probably got uh, a lot to do with Waddle Waddle by the bracelets. And that we see that the lead singer of the bracelets is like a mama duck who has to tell her little baby ducks to get out there and do it on their own. But we know that she's there probably with her hands on her hips as she watches us in a party dress. Cause I have seen a picture of the bracelets also known as the starlets and they are wearing party dresses and you go, all right, I can do this. But it also suggests as we just heard from Gil Phil is that ducks are an aggregate. They are like us is that they, they exist in a society of other ducks, but there's times where you feel alone, but that mama duck is always there. You're always there to realize that there's other ducks on the pond with you so that you're going to, that's the great thing about dancing is if you suck as a dancer, if you happen to be out on a dance floor with 60 other people doing essentially the same fairly simple dance, you're going to be able to, just like a singer, if you're a terrible singer, but there's 60 other people singing with you, you're not going to be as obviously bad as a singer or you won't be as obviously bad as a dancer so the secret to the duck is that you do it with all these other people and it's a simple dance where you just have to do well it's not maybe not simple because we don't know what it is you either what move your neck and shake this and do this thing but we do assume it has something to do with your feathers and you're moving your arms so that you just go i'll fake it and you can do it so i think that that's what we just we we learn about this song that Really, it says more than just being about a dance. It's about something about the way we interact with each other. I'm gonna I'm not gonna get too much more deep about it, but I have had quite a few ciders. <laughs> no, that was a that was a beautiful uh coming sort of coming to a close statement, I think. So Weldon, would you like to say more about either Waddle Waddle, which foreshadows our transition into the duck? Doing the duck, which may have been an angry statement from the singers of The Jerk, or also the autographs who come in with their swagger-heavy, falsetto-laden version of Do the Duck. I think at this point, the references and the connections are so fast and thick that it's hard to keep them all straight. I think all I can do is listen back to this episode and try and keep the narrative threads together. But I think it's time probably for our Bo Diddley Award more than anything. 
I agree. So let's do it. This is where we play a little bit of music for you. Sometimes we play uh, the, uh, the the Wang Wang Dog version. I'm not going to make Eric do a duck version here, but we could. We'll do this off pod, deciding how it's going to be done. But in I, the meantime, I thought we were going to stick a little Stockhausen in, Quackhausen or Duckhausen. Okay, if you're willing to do it, we'll do it. So the Stockhausen from the uh, his piece called Hymnen, where he does actually sample, if you want to call it that, he records the sound of ducks. I think that uh, I will send that to Eric. He, you will be hearing it now. While you wait, we are going to spend some time deciding what our Bo Diddley Award winner is, which is where we don't pick necessarily the best version, but the version that flips our wig the most for that week or at that moment. So we're going to pick that. And when we come back after you hear this interlude of beautiful duck sounds, uh, we're going to announce our winners and then we're going to wrap it up. So here it goes. We'll be back. So we're back. We have made our pick. We're about to reveal it to each other. You will have to understand that what we do here is we're on Zoom and we hold up a sheet of paper with the pick written on it. And then we struggle to read each other's picks. And then <laughs> that's the best part. <laughs> and then it could be done more smoothly. But this is in the past Garage Rock podcast. We could just write it in the chat window or something of Zoom. But no, no, we have to write it on a piece of paper. I never hold it up. I never even thought of that, but that would, that would be, at least this is for us. It's a moment for us where we can decide this. So now three, after I count to down from three, Eric and I are going to post to ourselves and then I will announce what we've both said. So three, two, one. Ah, we both have the autograph. <laughs> I love how we, we just seem to often choose the same song. Well, well then why did you choose the autograph? I was ready to go with the bracelets because I love it. And we, the problem is, is that I wonder if you were to do statistics, if you were to see that the last song actually doesn't end up ever getting the Bo Diddley award. Cause part of me wonders uh, if that it's just a simple matter of being three siders deep and you feel very affectionate towards the last song because you've picked it last. But I remembered then, I thought, as much as I love Waddle Waddle by the Braces, I really, really like it. I was like, the autographs, really, I have to remember how much I am taken with that vocal performance, with the drums, with the quack, quack, ooh opening. I think it has to win. I think it's as simple as that. Eric, why did you pick it? I was tempted to choose The Duck by Jackie Lee just because I've loved that song for a long time. I, I had that, I've mentioned before on the show that I had a compilation many years ago called land of a thousand dances. And it collected a lot of these dance songs from the sixties and got me into a lot of these songs. So I've always loved that song, but I, I was freaking out about the autographs all week. And then when you, um, when you talked about the lyrics and you got into the bit about doing the, the duck on judgment day, that's where I was like, okay, this is clinch this one for me. It's the autographs. It's do the duck by the autographs. It's got that incredible course karaoke ability. Karaoke ability. <laughs> I'll never get it right. So yeah, that's my Bo Diddley Award winner, and I think it deserves it. And we got two judges that chose the same one, so there it is. I mean, it's 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 a. I mean, it's it's a heavy endorsement for that song. Now, four songs about ducks that are all amazing. We know that we've added them 
back into the cultural conversation. So it's up to you, Pastronauts, to spread the word about our podcast, because otherwise we're going to keep languishing at number 20. And we need people out there to listen to songs like Pork and Gravy by the Delos or songs like Do the Duck by the Autographs, because they've got to get out there. They've got to be released into the wild, as it were. And so that you can go and tell your neighbors or share on your social media. There's this crazy podcast where these dudes just talk about songs about ducks. And even though all I listen to is the stuff where they play the music, apparently they also talk for an extremely long time about them. Some people are into that. We know that our pastronauts love the talk about rock. So go out there and spread the word. Also remember that we're on Instagram at in the past podcast we're of course on facebook if you just google in the past garage rock podcast we might be on other social media that i don't even know about because i've lost track because i'm the social media and program director whereas eric is here the produce man he does that he does other things he does things that are mysterious to me so i'm going to say this is another one for the ornithology textbooks you're going to be reading about this in your bio class eric do you want to say goodbye to the folks Farewell, quackstronauts. We gotta go. <laughs> quack, quack. Quack, quack, ooh. We shall walk upon the river so that we do the dance again. Just a little bit louder. Now just a little.